Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To one on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. Test drive the awesome new Mercedes Benz A Class today at Gilmore's Kings Court. See it, drive it, simply awesome. That's the Mercedes Benz A Class at Gilmore's Kings Court or Gilmore's.ie. Now, they took their name from the heroic line in C.S. Lewis' series of books chronicling the fictional land of Narnia. It is Aslan, of course. And as time goes on, this name becomes even more fitting for the band who emerged from working class Finglas to become one of the biggest Irish bands of all time. And despite recent hardships, they continue to battle on, performing for their legion of fans around the world. And Aslan's amazing frontman, Christy Digman, will be joining Joe Jewell, Aslan's lead guitarist and songwriter, their childhood pals, lifelong friends and founding members of the band. And going to be bringing a very special and intimate acoustic show called Some Songs and Stories to Solstice Arts Centre in Navin for one special night only this week. Living legend Christy Dignam joins me now. How are you doing Christy? How are you doing Sinead? Now I suppose I have to sort of start with this. First of all you're, you're I'm delighted to speak to you. You're so welcome to the show and I know I mentioned there about Aslan the name of the heroic lion character you know, it's yeah. becoming more and more apt, particularly, I think, when it become comes to yourself. Can I ask you, firstly, how you're feeling? You know, you're living with cancer and you recently spoke about the fact that there was a possible cure for the kind of yeah. cancer that you have. But this has changed now. Yeah, well, basically, um, what happened was I was, um, I, I, I go to the Royal Free London. The condition I have is called amyloidosis. Mm. And I go to the Royal Free in London. And that particular day, the professor that I see over there, a guy called Professor Gilmore, released a thing on BBC saying that they'd found a cure for, uh, it was called a gene silencing cure for amyloidosis. So I was doing the Ray Darcy show on RTE at the time. And uh, because I was doing that, you know, it kind of went on the show and then it kind of took legs. So I was obviously down cartwheels around Dublin thinking this brain is not of a cure. So when I, I go to Bowmount here in Dublin, and uh, and the Royal Free in London kind of do the prognosis and then they tell Beaumont what way to treat me because uh, the, the place in London the centre of excellence for that condition. Mm. So anyway, so when I went in, I asked my oncologist, I said, listen, will I be going on to this pathosaurus and this new drug, you know? And it's now, so basically what the story is, there's two types of amyloidosis, well, there's about four types of amyloidosis. 60% of the population have the one that I have, which is called AL amyloidosis, which is a random cancer that anybody can get, right? Mm -hmm. So there's another kind of four amyloidosis in the other 40%. And one of them is a thing called ATTR amyloidosis, which is hereditary amyloidosis. It's the one that Martin McGuinness from Sinn Féin died of. 
So that's it. That's the one that goes down through your genetic, through your family, you know. Okay. So that's the one they found. It, that's the one they found in, in that particular one. What happens is your, your, your genes send a message to your liver to produce a protein, and the protein is cancerous and an amyloid protein. So what he did was he stopped, it was a gene, so anything, but he put a block on, on the gene, sends that message to the liver. In my case, it's not a genetic cancer that I have, it's just a random cancer mm. that anybody can get. So it has absolutely no bearing. So basically I went into the hospital thinking I, I'd had my death sentence lifted and then came out with me bleeding hands and this. I'm sorry for saying that. But, you know, no, no, you're it, fine. It was, it was very disappointing, but I mean, what can you do? And kind of looking at it now, looking at it in retrospect, if there was to be a choice, uh, the ATTR amyloidosis is the one that they found the cure for. is far more lethal than the one I have. So if you were to find the cure for one, I suppose that is the better one to find the cure for, because people were dying very quickly from yeah. that one, you know. But Christy, I, I admire that in you. You know, you're 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 thinking of others when you're going through this yourself. I mean, like it must have, as you said, you were doing cartwheels one minute and then you were down on your hands and knees the next. Like, how do you sort of keep going? Look, you just you, you know, no matter what, no matter what what has ever happened to me in my life, you always see people that are worse than you. You know, like as I said, I attend Bowmount, in 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 them. Um, you know, I go into the to. to to give bloods every couple of weeks and I'm in there with people and every second week there's people that sit in such and such a chair and they're not there the following week mm. so there's always people worse off than you are you know and it's funny because when the cure thing came through the first thing I started feeling was guilty you know because mm. I was thinking of people with far more lethal kind of cancers out there you know who never got a second chance and I, you know it's just it's a weird thing I don't know what that is it's just but you know at the time you know you heard about the the cure you said um, I think there was a quote there God was determining this you know Uh, do you still believe that do you have faith or does it throw doubts in about God or would you be very religious in the first place I don't know about you know I was born a Catholic and Mm. I I, I was raised a Catholic and I still consider myself a Catholic you know I wouldn't be the most fervent um, Catholic uh, um, you know I I wouldn't I wouldn't practice fervently But, um, you know, I, I have a lot of, uh, obviously, you know, I have a lot of struggles with religion, you know, and I see just just things happening in the world, you know, you wonder. And just the actual logic of it, you know, it doesn't seem logical to me, you know, that there's a big man in the sky, you know. Mm. So, so sometimes I, I struggle with that. So that's that's a daily struggle I have, but that's more of a personal thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But something that is <laughs> keeping you going is performing. You know, it's something you oh, love doing. Yeah. And when you had to take that break, you know, from the stage, I know that was really, really tough on you. When you are on stage, does everything fade away? Does the cancer oh, disappear? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny because when I when I first got diagnosed, I was in hospital for about a year, and then when I came out of hospital initially, I was in a wheelchair for about a year, so I didn't perform for about two years. Mm. And then the reason I started doing this gig, in fact, is the reason I started doing the the, the some songs and stories mm. gig with Joe was because initially when I came, when I started to try and gig again, I'd forgotten a lot of the songs. But it's 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 kind of a thing chemo brain. Anybody that's had chemotherapy will know what I'm talking about where you're just talking or you're singing or whatever you're doing and you just get a blank, you know. But it doesn't happen at any any particular point. So because I've forgotten a certain part of a song, 
today. It might be a different part of the song I forget tomorrow, you know, because it yeah. just comes at you, you know. So I, I started the songs and so it's just to relearn all the songs again. But because we were doing it in small little theatres and stuff and it was a really intimate kind of thing and we were, I, I was talking with the audience so we were getting a rapport with the audience it was completely different to what we do with Aslan Aslan is very bombastic you know I've been and to your gigs I know yeah so, so yeah so this is totally, something totally different and I really liked the energy that, that was coming at those gigs you know so that's why I continue doing it that's how we're doing this on, on Wednesday. So tell me about this. You and Joe have been, first of all, you've been friends since childhood. Uh, yeah. Do you remember how you met Joe? Is there a story there? And uh, not really. No, I just uh, I remember then we were walking up to we were walking up to this church actually in Finglas where I live, and my ma and his ma used to go to bingo together, and we kind of went to school together, and. I remember we crossed the road and his mouth was holding his hand and my mouth was obviously holding my hand. And I remember saying to him, you're not real fat, isn't you? <laughs> <laughs> he never forgave me for that. But that's how we that's how we started off. I was only about seven at the time. So <laughs> You see, in seven-year-olds, they say what they see, don't they? What? <laughs> like as a child, a child, there's no filter with a child. Oh, so, no, you know. Absolutely not, yeah. <laughs> Why is your mouth so fat? But anyway... <laughs> So so then we went to school together and then we started, I was walking, I was doing um, aluminium windows at the time and Joe was walking in telecom air and we were off at different times, you know, so I'd be off, we could never arrange rehearsals because we were off at different times. So I jacked in my job and got a job in telecom air. So we were both walking in telecom air which meant we could arrange rehearsals around, you know, and then we decided to give up our jobs and go full time. So it's been, I've been with Joe, you know, he's like strange. a brother at this stage. You know? Yeah, but you know, stuff with the, like with friendships like this, particularly ones that you know from childhood and that sort of stuff, you know, then you come, you're in one of the biggest bands in the world, okay? And you're living each, in each other's pockets, you're on tour, you see each other all the time. Friendships can be tested. Did you guys ever fall out or anything? Oh yeah, of course, you know. I mean, we stood up for five years mm. and we hated each other. We'd seen each other in the street. We'd literally battered each other, you know, because we just hated each other for five years. But I think it's because it's like it's like a relationship, you know, in, in a, you know, with a girl, a woman, or two men, whatever. When you're in a, a romantic relationship, when the end, because because the, the relationship is so close, when the end, it can be very bitter, you know. Yeah. So that's and that's the way it is. I mean, it's still we still kind of have massive rows with each other, but I think at this stage we we've been together so long it takes something really really bad to separate us at this stage you know yeah yeah now look you know we're, we're talking about this this show that's coming up in Solstice as yeah. you mentioned there really intimate uh, performance with yourself and Joe acoustic stuff lots of stories can you tell me because I know you're going to have a little bit of background details into some of the songs um, can you give me yeah. a little insight into maybe you know song inspiration like I really want to know who's she so beautiful about Um. Well, that, that was just, you know, when you see somebody, it wasn't about any particular person. It was just when you see somebody, you know, when you see somebody initially and mm-hmm. just absolutely blow you away and everything about them, you know, just kind of turns you on. So that was, that's what that was about. It was just about the impact that that, has, that has on you when, you when you see somebody that you think is gorgeous, you know. 
So it wasn't about any particular one person. If I said it was, I'd get divorced now at this stage. You know? <laughs> I was just going to ask you. Uh, but Crazy World, you know, is it's well, up there, right? It's, that's yeah. one of the best songs of all time. Like young and old, everybody knows that song. Everyone belts that song out at your gigs, that kind of thing. At the time of writing that, did you know Absolutely. like it was special? No, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a funny story about yeah. that song. When we wrote that, we wrote, it was on an album called Goodbye Charlie Moonhead, mm. right? So when when you're releasing an album, there's usually three singles on the album, right? So what what you try and do ideally is you release the worst single first, and that will probably go top thirty kind of thing. Right. You release the second best single second, that will go top twenty maybe, and then you release your best single last, and that will go to the top kind of thing. So it looks like the band is getting better all the time, as opposed to if you just release the other way, it looks like you're fading away, right? So we had three songs. We had Crazy World, Where's the Sun, and a song called Rain Man. So we looked at the three songs and we said, well, the shit song is Crazy World. <laughs> uh, the, second, the second best is Where's the Sun, and the best song is Rain Man. So that's the way we released it. We'd throw out Crazy World just to get people's attention. And then we'd put out uh, Where's the Sun. That'll go, that'll do better. And then we'd put out Rain Man, and that'll blow them away. So we released Crazy World. It was a massive hit, and it really took us by surprise how successful it was at the initially, you know. Yeah. And then I said, well, Jesus, if you think that's good, why ain't you here, Rain Man, and Where's the Sun? We released those two songs, and I'd say we sold about three copies of them. It so faded into oblivion a little bit. You just bit. never know. You, yeah. you never know what's going to connect with the, with, with the audience. Now, now we're a bit more kind of life experience. Mm. And looking at the song Crazy World, I can see how people can relate to it. You know, it's, it's a very relatable song, you know, because, you know, when you look at it, the, the things happen to you all the time in the world, mm. you know, what, a, what a messed up world is it yeah. we're living in, you know. So I can see now how, how people can relate to it. You know, when you're writing, for any songwriters out there, when you're writing a song, what you ideally want to do, you want to hear a song that hits everybody's nerve. For example, you know that song, I will survive. Go on, I'm going. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Glory again. Yeah. Right. So every man and woman on earth would like to think, we've all had our heart broken, right? So everybody would like to think that if that person came back to them tomorrow, we'd be strong enough to say, no, piss off, you know, without yeah. need you no more. And everybody can relate to that. My Way is another song like that. Like everybody would like to think that they're on their deathbed and they might have made mistakes through their life, but they did it their way, you know. Mm. So that's what you want to do. You want to get something that everybody can relate to, you know. And, and that's, 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 that's what a hit single is. That is what a hit single is. Uh, like for you, musically, is there still things that you want to do? Are you worried you yeah, won't get to do well, them? At, yeah, I'm doing an album with Finbar Fury at the moment. Yeah. I've always wanted to do a, a traditional type album. It was something like, you know, so when I when I got ill initially, it was something I had on my book, my bucket list. And it wasn't, I didn't, you know, you're, when you're releasing records with Aslan or whatever, you're, you're, you're kind of heading, you're trying to keep, the, you know, the machine going and you're trying to be successful. But with this, there was no, I didn't, it didn't need to be successful around this traditional album. It was just something I wanted to do because, you know, we've all grown up again. With, with these songs, yeah. Ballad songs, mm. you know. So, you know, I grew up, even, you know, 14 years of age or 15, when you start drinking black and cider in the fields <laughs> and you singing all the Wolf Town songs. <laughs> so that was always, it's kind of in our DNA at this stage. So that was something I wanted to do. So I've been doing that for the last while with Finbar, so that's nearly finished. It, so. Oh, we're really excited to, to hear that now. But just to finish up with you, you know, do you, I opened with this, so I may as well close with this. Do you feel like Aslan the, the Lion? 
No, <laughs> not at all. No, no because. I mean, it's it's an amazing that that we've we've lasted this long because you know I, I went to Australia when I was nineteen, and with my girlfriend at the time, and I, I loved Australia, the lifestyle, and all. And I said, listen, mm. I said, what we'll do is, I said, if we go home, I said, I give Aslan a year, I said, I get that out of my system, and then we we'll come back to Australia, we we'll get married, and we we'll rear our family over here in Australia, and my wife is still sitting at home with her bags packed waiting for that year to end. <laughs> Oh, Christy, thank you so much for speaking to me no so problem, honestly problem. and for being, you know, an inspiration for a lot of people. I wish you all the very, very best. Keep performing, keep doing what you're doing and keep your positive spirit. Thank you. Thanks so much. Thank you. To one on LMFM with Gilmore's Kings Court. Test drive the awesome new Mercedes-Benz A-Class today at Gilmore's Kings Court. See it, drive it, simply awesome. That's the Mercedes-Benz A-Class at Gilmore's Kings Court or gilmores.ie. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.